It's June 13th, 2017. It's about 30 degrees C in Guadalajara. And due to my camera's positioning, you can't tell that I'm not wearing any pants. Now, welcome to the Paradise Paradox. I wanted to talk to you about futurism. The other day I was watching a video on the YouTube channel in a nutshell, and they were talking about how in the future, maybe people aren't gonna have any jobs. There's a trend line of jobs, employed people is going down, the amount of hours worked is staying constant, and new companies aren't generating as many jobs as new companies used to do. So the trend is simple, follow the trend line, and you can see that we're headed for economic disaster and nobody's gonna have any work, right? No, it's not right, it's completely wrong, it's bullshit. Let me explain why. Here's the thing about futurism. A lot of people don't even realize that futurism is a thing. So when they have a bunch of charts in front of them and they see the trend lines, they see which direction it's going and they say, okay, I know what's going on here. I can see where this is headed. And they think they know what's gonna happen in the future. But if you've studied futurism, even just a little bit like myself, you know that it's not that simple because predicting the future involves looking at intersecting trends and imagining, projecting, how are they going to interplay in the future? So it's not that simple as looking at a single trend line. If you do that, you're inevitably going to be misled. Now, with the case of the In A Nutshell video, talking about how the job numbers are going down and uh, employment hours are staying consistent, the thing is, they're measuring things by this 20th century measure. So they're looking at things as if we're still living in the 20th century, as if we all go to factories to work or something like that. What we're actually looking at in the future is, well, you have to look at this other trend line. The thing is, people don't want jobs as much anymore. I mean, it's 2017, the four hour work week came out 10 years ago, and you have to factor that in if you're gonna be looking at the future. People don't necessarily want to be employed. And if you talk about employment as if it's a thing, we already know that you're, you're obsolete. So during the 20th century, a lot of people just like to have one source of income and they thought that was stable and that they were going to get along just fine by doing that. What more and more people are realizing is having one source of income actually isn't that stable. As a lot of people realized, very suddenly in the 2007-2008 crashes, actually having one source of income is about the worst position you can be in. So what a lot of people are doing these days is they have several sources of income. So using myself as an example, I invest a little, I trade a little, I make videos, I, I write, I do, uh, I even do teaching. I guess that's my day job, but. <laughs> that all these things 
uh, one person can do. And you don't have to be limited to doing one job for eight and a half hours a day or 10 hours a day. That's quickly becoming a, a thing of the past. And so you have things like the gig-based economy. People go on Fiverr. It's kind of funny when you have two people from two different worlds and one person will say, I just can't imagine how you work for yourself. I mean, aren't you worried about how you're going to get income? I mean, if you don't get any clients that month, then you're kind of fucked. But actually, if you have a lot of clients, you're protecting yourself from that. So even if you accidentally piss off one client, you're still okay. If you piss off your boss and you only have one boss, you might be in a little bit of trouble. Nowadays, there's this concept for jobs, for in income, which is called location independence. So you don't have to be in one spot to do your work. Digital nomads is another way of putting it. People who work online, they have ways to get income wherever they are. They can just bring their laptop, transcribe a few texts or write a few articles online or have some distribution business importing pirate shirts from France to Australia or something like that. These are the kinds of things that people can do these days. And this is the same thing that's on the rise. So when you look at something like employment and jobs and you say, oh, they're going down. How terrible. These people coming out of college aren't going to have anything to do. You're not getting the full picture. And so in this video from in a nutshell, they were leaning it towards the conclusion, talking about universal basic income or they introduced the idea of universal basic in income to talk about in another video. And that's another thing. When people make these kind of simplistic analyses, you have to open up your ears a bit and say, is this person coming here with an agenda? Because a lot of the time they are. Because when you can get just a couple of graphs to support your conclusion, it's very easy. But when you try to look at the whole picture and see the whole thing that's going on and the solutions that are already arising, it's not so easy to push your agenda. So be aware of that. I noticed a similar thing the other day when I was watching this video from Lauren Southern talking about terrorist attacks. And you know, here's the thing about terrorist attacks. A lot of people talk about this as if it's a huge issue. But say, if you look at in the United States since 9-11, so it's, take out 9-11 because it's kind of an, an anomaly. That's obviously not something that happens every year. Since 9-11 in the United States, about one person per year has died from terrorism. And of course, you know, it's not great that one person a year is dying. It's tragic. But put it into perspective. About 3,000 people per year die of choking in the United States. So for all the energy that's put into terrorism, well, really, I mean, you should have, you should just put it into choking labels or educating people on the, not the Heimlich maneuver, I think that's out of date, but it's some kind of <laughs> way of uh, helping people when they're choking. 
it's the same like in Australia, people talk about uh, shark attacks. Oh, there's a, been 20 shark attacks this year. 20 shark attacks. I mean, how many thousands of people per year die of bathtubs? You know, if it bleeds, it leads. It comes up in the headlines and people think that it's a huge deal. Like, oh, what are we going to do about this terrorism? All these sharks killing people. No, it's just, it's not even something you should worry about. Basically, these things are so uncommon. If you lived your entire life pretending that terrorism didn't exist for people in the majority of countries, in certain countries it's not really true, certain locations, but if you lived your life 90% of the world believing that terrorism was entirely made up, you, your experience of life would be no different. You wouldn't need to prepare yourself. You wouldn't need to go out with a bulletproof jacket or anything like that. I mean, you wouldn't have to avoid certain locations. Like <laughs> when I go on the, the Australian government's smart traveler website, I mean, just about, it seems like every country I want to go to comes up with like a yellow or red alert. And it's like, be careful not to step into any locations that could be targeted like by terrorists, such as shopping centers, train stations, bus stations, malls, uh, public streets, festivals. And I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do if I, if I travel there? That's a, that's a bunch of bullshit, man. You don't generally, you don't need to think about that. The threats are blown out of proportion. People will always try to tell you that the sky is falling and I'm telling you, it's not. Things are good. Life is good. <laughs> and people trying to tell me that, you know, terrorism is a big deal and there's a, this threat of Islam. It's, it's really just not, not true. So getting back to Lauren Southern's video, in her video, she, she makes this case that it's, it's, again, it's kind of this simplistic case. She says, well, people who who are Muslims, uh, such as such as Arabians and Indians, uh, these people are more likely to produce more children, and so it means there's going to be more Islamists in the world, more Muslims in the world, and Islam is this brutal and violent religion, and therefore. She says, she even says in the video something like, well, it doesn't take uh, a lot of brains to figure out how this is going to happen. And I try to make predictions because I'd like to potentially prevent disastrous futures. And it's not hard to make well-educated guesses. And I can tell you right now that I don't think high birth rates in a rapidly growing immigrant community that suffers from rampant radicalization is a recipe for success. And so she says, like, her case is that the world is going to be overrun by violent, terroristic Muslims. I don't believe that. Because um, there's more to the story. There's, there's always more to the story. It's not just a case of one simple graph. And if you look into futurism just a little bit, you start to realize that there are more factors at play. There are always more factors at play. And if someone tries to tell you that it's simple to predict the future, you should be very, very wary. So the thing is, with this case, what we're looking at is when Muslims, uh, say someone from, from Saudi Arabia, moves to another country, say they move to Australia, what normally happens 
by the second generation, so by the time this Muslim man has had his five children, they normally adapt to the new culture. And that's assuming that people aren't already adapted to cultures because I've met Muslims from Africa who immigrated to Australia from Bangladesh. And it's not like these people are uncivilized. In fact, I would even say that in many cases, these people are more civilized than native born Australians, more compassionate, more willing to share what they have, more willing to, to look out for others. When people move to a new country, even if they are extremely brutal or violent or whatever, it normally doesn't happen that those people change the culture in the country that they're going to so it becomes a more violent culture. What normally happens is those people change, especially after one generation, to adapt to the new culture, to adapt to the level of peace that exists there. That's what normally happens. Then if you look at greater trends, you can look at the work of Steven Pinker. He has a fascinating TED talk on the subject talking about how people are less violent over time. And if you believe the media and listen to what they talk about on the television, talking about gun violence in the United States and people getting murdered, terrorist attacks and mass shootings, you would believe that we're in the most violent time in history. Nothing could be further in the truth. Actually, we are in the most peaceful time in history. And thing is, the thing is people have this cognitive bias because today, Things seem shocking to us. Things like torture, say 500 years ago with the Spanish Inquisition, they would just, you know, they just torture people. Uh, these days, they don't call it torture. They call it enhanced interrogation. That's because they know that they have to smooth it out. They have to use some public relations because if they admitted, if they straight admitted that they were torturing people, the public would be disgusted. They'd be outraged. In the United States, they have the Department of Defense. Not so long ago, it used to be the Department of War. Who really wants a Department of War these days? Most people don't like war. And more and more people start to think that actually war isn't very cool. The other thing is, Miss Southern is talking about this as if we can just compare the birth rates of people in the Middle East and the birth rates of the people in the West, as if that's the only kind of legacy that matters, giving birth to children and raising them. From my perspective, the more important legacy is an intellectual legacy. So the kind of books you read, the kind of books you write, people you hang out with, the YouTube videos that you create, those are the things that really affect the world in the long term. So we have these, this surgence or this emergence of ideologies like anarcho-capitalism, voluntarism, agorism, uh, the zeitgeist movement, classical liberalism, other kinds of anarchism, all these different ideas that people are exploring and thinking about are trying to create new ways so we can have a better world, a peaceful world, more abundance for us to share between each other. So for a long time, there's been no cinemas in Saudi Arabia. So that's the amount, that's the extent to which intellectual exploration has been limited in these countries. Now, a lot of people in Saudi Arabia 
have access to the internet. How does that change things over the long term? There are these greater trends that are going on here. And you have to look at the bigger picture. If you just look at the birth rate of Muslims and the, the immigration rate, it's not going to give you a very good picture of what's really going on. The other thing to remember when you watch Lauren Southern's videos is that she drinks her own pee. So that's what I have to say about that. Muslims aren't a big risk to the world. Terrorism is probably going to decrease over time. You know, people always want to tell you that the sky is falling. And because humans are kind of risk averse, because we have this survival mechanism in us, we want to know about the dangers. And so the, the dangers get emphasized. Like I said, if it bleeds, it leads. They put it on the top of the headlines and try to tell you that everything is going to pot because that's the way the news gets spread. That's what sells. But today we have the option. We can evolve personally. We don't have to spread bad news. We can tell good things to each other. We can point out when you're in a bar, when you're in a pub, raise a glass with your friends and tell them, isn't it great that we're all here? Some of us have disagreements with others, but none of us feel the need to punch each other or kick each other. We can all just have a peaceful discussion despite our disagreements. Nobody in this bar is raping one another. People are peacefully cooperating. I pay for my drinks and they bring them to me. That's amazing. That is really stunning. Because if, if you take one view of history, we're all evolved from these primitive primates. What are we today? People who can get along. And that is quite remarkable. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that that we can share these experiences together, learn and grow together, enjoy each other's company and have a great time. Don't worry so much. They're trying to, <laughs> they're trying to make you believe all kinds of things that the world is a terrible place. It's not. I assure you it is not. There are terrible things in the world, but there is more good than bad. So have a good time. Take care of yourself and each other. <laughs> it's a fucking Jerry Springer moment. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, jump onto theparadiseparadox.com. Like, share, subscribe, like, share, subscribe, and like, share, subscribe again. Jump onto steamit.com slash paradise dash paradox, and you can support us on there. Please sign up to Steamit if you haven't heard about it. It's a social media platform where you can join and get paid for curating, that is voting on people's content and also for producing content. So if you're a content creator, I urge you to go on to Steemit and enjoy it. You might get paid, so $5 a post. Or, I mean, people on there do get paid thousands of dollars a post. It does happen, especially with this recent cryptocurrency explosion. So if you're creating content or you want to be involved in a social media site where people are really respectful to each other because they know that they can get paid for the comments. <laughs> Jump on to steamit.com and join up and uh, follow paradise-paradox. Steamit.com slash at paradise-paradox. That's the, that's the right address. 
Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. Keep it cool. Uh, stay grateful. Peace.